Hi, everybody, and welcome to the new episode of the NSL's podcast. I hope you're all keeping well here listening. Delighted that my co-host John's back. How are you, John? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thanks. Yourself? I'm fine, man. I'm fine. I'm also delighted to be joined by a show regular, William. How are you, William? I'm very well, mate. Glad to be back on. Yeah, it's good to have you back on. I mean, you, you guys know we have so much to talk about in regards to the press conferences, both fan, the fan press conference and the media one. So we'll get stuck right in and we'll start with the media press conference. This was the first time we had the opportunity to see Postacoglu, Dominic Mackay and Ian Bankier, all three of them are sitting together in the room with the media posing questions to them. Come to yourself, William. What's in that, well, what, what's in that press conference? Obviously, we've seen... Snippets of Postacoglu with it via Zoom or the Celtic YouTube channels giving his thoughts and getting the job. But this is the first time we actually got the same speak in terms of live, the live conference, and Dominic Mackay and Ian Bankier as well. Now, I kind of started with Ian Bankier just giving a, a line, basically saying it took longer than many people expected. Blah, 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 kind of paraphrasing. But he didn't really seem interested in the whole thing. He just sat there with face like thunder majority time. He didn't even smile once. But then Dominic Mackay and Anz Postacoglu, I think, give a good account of themselves. Anz Postacoglu, very assertive in the way he wants to play. He said that one of his quotes were that it's all words. Him, him basically saying all these things, he wants to be on a trading pitch, kind of putting into the players what's going to be happening for the season coming. But how did you feel watching it? And what was your over, your overwhelming feeling in terms of what did you take from the press conference? Uh, yeah, I was... By the end of it, I was like a kite. I was absolutely buzzing. Uh I think the one thing I took away was it looks like Ange and Dom's relationship. They've got a really, really good working relationship and they both seem very excited to work alongside each other. Um, but uh, every time Big Ange speaks, I just, I'm just sitting there just listening with my dreamy eyes on him. I think he's just fantastic. <laughs> uh, like, like I say, I've, always, I've said it in, in the past, every time he talks, I believe him. And I just I feel like he's got me cuddled in and just saying it's it's going to be all right. I'm in charge now. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of your club. I'll take care of your baby. So everything he said, uh, I was just hanging off every word. And it's I think the biggest thing for me, and I said it to you guys in, in our group chat, is um, it's it's such a difficult thing um, to to be like very very confident, but not seem arrogant at the same time. And, and be very humble, and I think he's got that in abundance. He, he just, the overall sense of pride he has at being in charge of our club, which is something we love to see. I think if you look back now, we were all screaming for Eddie Howe, but um, he didn't deserve the job after uh, everything that's that, that passed after that. He's not wanting a job to the end of the season, all, all this nonsense. This guy is here. He wants to be here. Uh, he's a proud man. He talked about all the all he, all he kept talking about was he wants to play entertaining football. A couple of the couple of quotes he made that's really stuck with me was one was um, I'm here because this is where I want to be, um, and he, he, he never backed down. I mean, there was a few interesting questions about he knows he's not it wasn't first choice, and he says, "Well, you're assuming I'm second choice. I could have been fifth choice." He says, "I don't care." <laughs> um, the important thing is he's been given the opportunity and these guys have faith in me and that's all I need. I mean, like like I say, it's just like a, a calming aura. All these questions thrown at him and he's never stuttered or backpedaled once. He, he comes back at you. Um, another one was, I think this is my favourite quote at all, um, they were discussing, I think they discussed with Dom about uh, the plan going forward and, and stuff like that. 
and Dom said we want Ange to have the capacity to play the football that he wants to play. And then they came to Ange and he just said, I just want us to play football that everybody talks about. And that was it, nothing else. And I just got shivers up my spine. I thought, this is this is the man I want to take take us forward. Everything he says just exudes confidence. And the fact that he's he's got an idea and a style he wants to implement, and it seems like he's given the freedom to do that uh, when it comes to the talk about players that maybe be leaving. And everything was always followed up with every decision I'll make will be with the best interests of the club. So if players want to move on, they can move on. If players want to stay, then they'll need to fight to stay. Um, nothing, no player power, no, which, which I felt like Lennon at the end of his tenure, that was the case. It was more uh, player power than him being in charge. They weren't playing for him. It sounds to me like that's not going to happen um, under Ange. Uh, another thing that I think Stephen might be happy with, I don't know if you noticed, where they were talking about it's not just playing staff, it was mm-hmm. coaching staff also. And they said about John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan, he says, well, I'm, I've came in, I've, but that's not a definite as yet. I want to see how they work and see how I work and see if it fits and I'll make that decision in the coming weeks. So um, that seems like it's not a certainty that they, they guys are going to be staying. Um, again, he's talking about his connection to the club and his, his roots when he was younger and how he came about knowing about the club and he knows the history and he talks about the Lisbon Lions and how he had friends that played in his team that were Scottish. I think he mentioned one of them still a season ticket holder and waxes lyrical about the club. So, he's, I mean, he's got that. He, he always talks about the fans and and the passion and we want, like, our football club's our way of life. So, all these things, uh, everything I've seen was, was positive. Um, with regards to Dom, uh He's well. I mean, he's a more friendlier face. Uh, but, <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, yeah, but he's for me, he's just a proper politician. Every question yeah. that gets thrown at him, he answers it without answering it. Um, but again, he's out there, and uh, he's he's in these press conferences, and he's he's putting his point across and, and putting his view and his vision. This modernisation, which I still don't have a Scooby Doo, what modernising the club is. Uh, I'm still yet to hear like. <laughs> a, a description of, or or some sort of examples of what what he's talking about. But I mean, it's all it's all positive stuff. Uh, again and again, like I, th- I think the relationship between the two uh, looks really good. Looks like it's a good working relationship. I feel like it should make a good sitcom actually. Ange and Dom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there, there was one. There was a photo doing the rounds on Twitter. It was like, get yourself someone who looks at. Looks at Postal Coffee the way he and he's just like these loving eyes in the distance that stared at him. And I totally agree where you're coming from in terms of Dominic Mackay before going to Postal Coffee again. He is the, he's a typical the the politician type guy, and he dances around the questions. But see, at the same time, you're listening, going, "This guy knows what he's talking about." Yeah. You're not even getting the answers either. He, he, I mean, Dominic Mackay, he did say he is a Celtic fan. He's been in the stands. He's been a season ticket holder. And I do believe him when he says he wants to drive the club forward. Modernisation. And he said that he wants Postacogna to be basically imperative to the decisions that are going to be made in regards to whether it's director of football, technical director, chief scouts. But again, it does leave me worried that that part's still up for grabs, but we'll go on to that later in the show. But John, coming to yourself, now there was one quote that Postacogna did say, and William touched on a few there that were brilliant. He said, anyone who knows me 
and my history, one though I don't take well to finish the second dialer, I'm driven to be successful. Now, this was off the back of a question from one of the media outlets saying basically about his style and how long does it take to be implemented. And he kind of came back at them, look, I don't want to finish second. I'm here to win. And he's quite confident that Celtic can take to the style straight away in regards to the quality of player that he already possesses. But what was your overwhelming take from the, the conference, the, the, the media one first anyway, John? I thought it was great. And, I mean, William pretty much hit the nail on the head. And I agree with just everything he said. Um, he just exudes confidence, um, but without being arrogant about it. And I could listen to him speak, talk about football all day. He, he's just got a, like he's just a very calming voice, but he, he, he's assertive in the sense as well. Like he knows exactly what he wants. He knows the the direction. He's clearly what he's heading with the club. And I just thought it was a fantastic way to introduce himself. First of all, we the sort of Scottish media as well. Uh, because by and large they're going to be taking chunks out of no doubt over the course of the season. Um, so it remains to be seen how, how he handles that. But uh, as it stands at the moment, I think it, everything he said, like William said, hang enough every word and just believe everything he's saying. And it's just filled me with confidence as well that he's going to get us back on track. And I think like William mentioned, that we were all dead set on Eddie Howe coming in and I think that was the main guy we all wanted but see no I don't even even give that a second thought I'm happy with, with Ange coming in and I'm grateful that we've got I mean I a lot of people are saying that they don't know who he is and they've never heard him and all that but he's still very highly rated uh, when you hear from people that, 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 that do know him uh, and obviously doing, in that continent he's, he's a legend uh, and nobody's got anything bad to say about him Uh, and like I said you just need to hear the man speak Uh, and you can buy into everything he's saying and I I think he's ultimately he's going to follow through with that promise and I think he's going to get us back on track and I can't wait to see it happening Um, as for uh, like that quote as well I just need to touch on that quote when they they asked him uh, obviously the media right away try to get under his skin right off the bat by saying does it bother you that you were setting choice his yeah. rebuttal with that question was phenomenal. And he'd done it with a smile on his face. He said, you're assuming I was saying, I could have been fifth, but I don't care. I'm here. They've put faith in me. And he ultimately, he seems like he's genuinely happy to be there. He knows the stature of the club. He knows how big the club is. He knows how much it means to the fans. He, he, he seems very grateful to be in the position he's in at the minute. Uh, but, at this, and, and like William says, he's like, I'm going to take care of it. And like you, do, you just genuinely believe everybody's saying uh, I just thought it was a fantastic introduction to him and I thought he handled himself perfectly um, as for Dom like you said he comes across as that kind of that political way where he kind of avoids questions especially like you said about the modernisation of things but he did sort of he touched on a couple of things and I might be getting myself confused if it was in the main media presser or if it was in the fan one but he mentioned obviously looking at other clubs of a similar size as Celtic and seeing how they're inner workings are and how they deal with things like the youths, the side of things. It seems very focused as well as Ange on giving the youth a chance and utilising what we've got here. Um, and obviously he mentioned like analytics and using data and all that. Like That's a much more modern thing uh, that a lot of top clubs seem to be doing. Uh, and it's he mentioned as well that he's got a, uh, he spent a lot of time in America with American sports and they use a lot of this when they're looking at players and stuff like that. Uh, sort of analytics and, and, and 
the, the data that comes with that. And uh, uh, me, personally, I can understand roughly what he's talking about because I'm a big basketball fan uh, and I, I'm, I, I watch basketball regularly and the, the basketball is very analytic heavy. Uh, and it can give you a great insight, especially when it comes to like things like drafting and you're looking at players, what they're capable of and what the, stuff like that. So it can be a very useful tool if it's used right. Um, how they can translate that uh, to us uh, over here in our football and sense remains to be seen. But the fact that he's talking about it and they're looking at these kind of things is kind of exciting as well because it, like that is bringing the club up to scratch in terms of modernisation and stuff like that. And like he says, looking at the likes of Ajax and their youth system other clubs similar um, to see how they're sort of operating uh, in that in that regard uh, is definitely something as well. You can take things for these places and the fact that he seems to have a, a relationship in that sense with these people and he's speaking to these clubs and he's talking to these guys to see how to, to take things forward and so obviously he seems to have his, like his mindset about modernisation to me at least comes across that he's looking at that uh, kind of those kind of things that I've just mentioned and how to bring them in and, and bringing things up to date in that respect uh, but yeah I thought it was a great conference um, they, they both conducted themselves really well um, you did you mentioned there like the whole directory football thing it sounds a lot like they never gave a definitive answer but it does sound a lot like Dom saying as Angers um, we'll give these guys we'll, we'll see get other pieces in place first and then we'll see where we go from there. Um, they're no jumping head first into anything and just doing it for the sake of it. Uh, they obviously want to see where, where we are uh, in a few weeks and then obviously see... It, ultimately, it seems like Ange has got a lot of the say as well and he's going to hear a large part in that and I, I quite like that and I'm, I'm glad that we're not just jumping head first into the directory football hiring thing without it being like properly looked at and making sure that it's somebody that's going to fit in with the sort of club ethos that uh, Ange wants to take it forward and yeah. sort of fits in with that style and stuff like that. So if it if it takes time to get this guy in place, fair enough. If it takes time to get the right back team backroom team in place, then fair enough. I want this to be done right, and I'm hoping yeah. that Dom and Ange are working together and it's no being rushed for the sake of being rushed. Uh, and if if it means ultimately that. We're going to get the right pieces in place and the best pieces in place to take us forward for years to come. Then, by all means, yeah, I think I think you're you're hundred percent right there. So I will I'm come back to yourself in a wee second. But I know what it is. I don't. In regards to what you said there about similar size clubs, John, I think that was in the fan presser. But again, that's a great shout. I think you need to be looking at evolving. And he touched upon the likes of Brentford. They do that money ball thing down there, and it seems to be working well for them. This got promoted down to into the English Premier League. The likes of Sevilla. Salzburg, Leipzig, we need to be looking at them clubs to see what their model is because again, we've got an academy and it needs to be utilised and if we can bring players through and unfortunately you have you will be looking to sell them on a bigger profit in terms of gaining money back in the club, that has to be done and I think as well as you said there, both of you, it's great that he, he alluded to the fact that he he wasn't first choice and he, he, he kind of shut their man down there by saying he could have been fifth choice and as you said, John, it was just class the way he'd done that. And he had that wee smirk on his face like he knew what he was doing. There was another quote as well, this one I said to yourself, William, and I'll get your thoughts from there. He also said, in regards to that question as well, I, I gather that there was a little bit of a mixed response when I was announced as a selling manager. But what I do know is 100% of selling supporters will want me to be successful, which is, which is true, we all do. Nothing is more important 
than this football club. If I'm successful, then this football club is successful in terms of his coaching style. But is that? Do you not think that's the type of man that we need at the moment? And as John said, if he gets these influences, he can bring in who he wants, like a blank canvas. That's the right way to go, isn't it? Definitely. And he said himself that this is what he loves to do. He loves to rebuild. He loves to yep. build teams and, and and put his philosophy and his style on. Yeah, uh, I, I just everything that um, everything that was thrown at him, he took in his stride with these. I'd hate to be his wife. Imagine he never won an <laughs> argument. Never won an argument with him. Like no way. Um, yeah, a couple more things. Like I mean, he actually said at one point. I don't know if anyone noticed. He said um, once Celtic approached him, he had a few Zoom uh, interviews and stuff. He actually said himself, "I did a bit of research to see if it was a good fit for me." Also, so it's not like ever. I feel like it's a bit like this guy's that the he's been perceived as he's not managed that the greatest level and it's below and Celtic's above his pay grade, so to speak. But to hear him say that, like, no, I needed to make sure this was a good fit for both, not just, he didn't just go, this is a massive opportunity, I'm going to grab it. Um, I think that speaks volumes of him. Uh, again, he's, he was talking about how he's came over and he's been in quarantine, but he's been working through this quarantine and he said that everybody at Celtic's been accessible throughout at all hours, he says. If it, I think he says on the lines, if I was uh, jet lagged and up at three in the morning and something, I, I could access somebody and, and speak to them. And he has been working, which is massive. I think we all talked about. We're, we're hoping he's working behind the scenes throughout uh, this. And, and he obviously talk, touched on signings and that they have been looking. And he, he says there's a couple of positions that that are badly needing strengthened because we're only four weeks away from a Champions League qualifier. These are all the things that we were hoping was going on behind the scenes. So. That put me at ease uh, a bit also. And I was just wanting to uh, touch on, like John was talking about how when he, he's come in now, if it takes time for him to get his background stuff, if it takes time to get directors of football and all the rest of it, like, like, he's happy once once it's done right, which is absolutely banging the money. We, we've been screaming for months and months and months, we want this, we want this, we want that, we want a manager, we want this. But it's not necessarily all the, the, the bits and pieces that comes with it. That's the biggest thing with the Eddie Howe situation, whereas um, he should have been doing exactly what Andrew's done if he wanted the job that much. Coming in the door, I'll worry about all that other stuff afterwards. I'm going to get to work and uh, we'll, yeah. we'll figure that all out and we'll sort that out uh, afterwards. This is all we were wanting as fans. It's just somebody in the door, progression, and then let's get to work. Uh, so everything, again... Can't speak highly enough that press conference. Everything he said, it's just it's made me a very happy man. And I mean, we've not been very happy the last few months, but um, I'm very, very excited. Uh, the Euros has been great, but I cannot wait for the season to start. I cannot wait to see the people he's going to bring in. And uh, I'm super, super excited to see what he's going to bring. Would it be fair to say, William, you're a Postacog Louis fanboy now? I am. I'm actually wanting to go back and delete some of the podcasts off where I said, <laughs> I don't even know the guy, I don't want him in and all the rest of it. I'm ashamed. Like, I mean, we, we all said them things. When it was first announced, I mean, us guys were blue in the face with just, like, what's going on here? But it's just the fact we didn't have no clarity over the situation. And now you hear him speaking, you're like, this guy, he seems like he knows what he's going to be doing on the training pits. He seems to have a clear vision for the team going forward. And as a Celtics fans, we're going to buy into that no matter what. We need to get behind the team. And just before we move on, there was one thing in that press conference. I don't know the exact quote, but hopefully one of you do, where he shot down Chris McLaughlin of the BBC. Something about Chris McLaughlin 
try to point to Celtic as a uh, as a step up or a jump. I think yeah. that was the word he used. Yeah. And Postecoglou come back. But do you know what he said, William? Exactly. Yeah, he said something along the lines of, um, "I take it your point is that you think that I've managed at a lesser or lower level." He's like, "That's uh, just." Yes. He was like, "That's a matter of opinion." I've um, I've managed at, at World Cups at a national level. I've managed against and coached against some of the biggest teams in the world. So I don't see it as that. I just see it as, uh, and I believe in my abilities or something along the lines. But I shot him right down. So. Yeah. <laughs> come to yourself, Don. Do you think that's the type of guy we need to come at the, the Scottish press? Because we've seen them before. They're like snipers when it comes to Celtic. No, like I said uh, when I was just speaking there a minute ago, I was like, it, it was his first experience of the Scottish media, and we know what the Scottish media are like. They're going to try and get under his skin. They're going to say stuff uh, to try and rile him up and get a reaction just so that they've got something to print. Uh, but the way he conducted himself and the way that he answered the questions and he took it in his stride gives me confidence as well because I think before he came in, we knew it, we kind of got this impression that he was no nonsense and he didn't really... He didn't really care for the media and anything they've got to say. Um, and I think that that still stands. And he, he kind of showed it. He's like, he, he was quick to come back at them and answer them. He was confident in the things he was saying. Um, they tried to get under his skin with wee questions. Like that one there about uh, about the step up. Handled it perfectly. I uh, mentioned we, you weren't even first you were the first choice you were setting. And he's like, well, maybe even wasn't setting. There was fifth. Like, <laughs> who cares? I'm here. Like he See, and he done it with a smile and he just sorry. Well, you want you want to say me? I was no, just going to touch on that. There, you talked about how he is, he has no nonsense, but I think the biggest thing for me is like Neil Lennon was no nonsense, but let's face it, he's sometimes his comments were a bit hit and miss. Let's say just to be yeah. Dead. No, I get that. Whereas um, Postacoglu, he does come back and he has no nonsense and he will fire it right back in your face, but he does it with respect. You don't feel like he's He's arrogant or, or disrespectful or aggressive in any way, but he gets his point across. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a trait that not many people have. No, definitely. I, I, yeah. I, would, I would agree with that. And like I said, the, the way he handled himself in front of the Scottish media just kind of makes you think that as the season goes on, uh, and they are going to, as we, we know they're going to try and get under his skin, as I say, uh, they're going to poke at him um, and try and get a reaction. But I just think he comes across as the type of guy that's going to handle it in Ebola. Be water off a duck's back, so to speak, and uh, I'm pretty like he says he's got the best interests of the club uh, and the fans and everything else at heart, and he's going to do what he can to ensure that that remains the case, and he's not going to embroil himself in, in, in getting caught up in all the nonsense. So I'm, I'm like William says, I'm excited, and for the first time in a long time, I'm excited, and yeah. I'm just why, like you say, just can't wait for this new season to start testing on, and then just. We're all counting the days, aren't we? To the, yeah, to the first game, yeah. whether it be the Champions League or the first SPFL game, and we're all looking forward to it with kind of optimism now after hearing him speak. And before we move on to the much talked about f- the fan press conference, I want to just touch upon the the chairman, Ian Bank here. And I'll come to yourself, William, here first. And I've kind of just forgot what he said because it was just pointless. It just seemed so pointless. And he sat in that press conference the whole time, like he, he didn't want to be there. And let's face facts. It was, a, it was a face like thunder. He just looked so angry and pissed off for some reason. I don't know what your takeaway from it was, but he said something along the lines of, um, uh, fair enough, it took longer than people expected, blah, 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 that type of thing. But what was your opinion of the guy when, when he appeared in that, that conference? I thought somebody died when he first came on because he was so morbid. I thought, Jesus, 
we've just announced like this is exciting time. And see when you look at Dom as well, it's a polar opposite. He's like a mm-hmm. kid in a high chair bouncing about, so excited about the future. Um, yeah, it's not great to see with your chairman saying stuff like that. I think there was he did say something along the lines of um, oh, I can't remember what it was. I think it was like as much as he said it does take a long time to do certain things. He said something along the lines of we have been a bit slow in the gun and stuff like that. Let's press forward now. Let's let's get a move on. So, yeah. um, it's a strange one. He wasn't. It's. I mean, with a press conference that were, were full of enthusiasm and and excitement for the future, he was the the, the exact polar opposite. Yeah, I mean, it, as you said, it looked like something happened in the background before he just came out onto the stage, and he was just I don't know. And his, Dominic Mackay was just smiling, bubbling, as you said, like a kid in a sweet shop. That's the way I would be, and personally, every something from would be. But John, come to yourself briefly. What was your opinion on the Ian Bank era? I mean, he didn't appear at the fan press conference. Was there much use for him at the main one? Nah, no, the short <laughs> sweet. I've not got much else to say on it. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, I've been very critical of this board. Uh, yeah, no, recent yeah. podcasts, and I mean, he has to come out and do something. Somebody, uh, I, do you know what? I'm actually grateful that they did send somebody for the board because at least somebody for the board took the time, albeit short, to come out and say something. Uh, finally, because we've been asking for it for a while. It's not just a, a, a wee leaked press, whatever to the media. He's actually come out and he's he, he showed face. And he spoke so fair play to him with that. Other than that, though, I didn't see the point in any of them being there. Um, and all I want to do now going forward is hear for Dominic Mackay, hear for Ange, and then just let the, them do the talking on the pitch. The, the, the board can just continue doing whatever it is they do. You know what I find very <laughs> strange? Both uh, Ange and Mackay called him Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. As if it's like a dictatorship, as like a teacher, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's as if he's like, Oh, it's like a... Oh, I don't know. But it's just so so strange. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I thought it was like... <laughs> I like a whole school teacher, school kid type thing. And we better be on our best behaviour. It's... I don't know. Weird, weird one. If, you, if you're bad, you get a smack on the knuckles. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, but again, I just wanted your opinion on that. We'll move straight on here to the fan media press conference. And I... This has been talked about quite a lot over the weekend whether it's right, whether it's wrong, whether certain certain sections of Celtic media should get access and others don't. Me, personally, I'm fully behind it. I loved it. I mean, when I seen the, the two chairs and it was Dom and Anz, they were just speaking like it was just a, a normal day for them. And they engaged with the fans. And granted, there there were some questions that were asked and they were danced around. And you kind of expect that. I mean, we're still in the early stages of Postacoglu's tenure. So them, they themselves, whether it's right or wrong, might not know what the actual modernisation or what kind of plan they're going with in the, in the future. It's just the here and now, as, as we discussed earlier. But come to yourself, John, first. Now, as I said, it has been talked about if it's right or wrong. And us as a, as a podcast, four months old, we would love to be invited to that. I'm not going to hide that. I mean, we would love to be in the room. Unfortunately, I couldn't have been one of the users over in Scotland. But do you see that as an opportunity for fans to get more involved in Celtic? Listen, I'm just going to say right off the bat, I thought it was fantastic. And yeah. uh, we, we've been saying for a while now, and I, I've advocated it as well, the, the the club need to listen to the fans. And I think this might be partly partly what Dominic Mackay was saying about modernisation as well, is actually giving them a voice. And this sort of press conference is something I'm hoping happens relatively regularly. And they're going to sit down and let fans, especially fan media, 
um, who have a voice and they're speaking on behalf of fans and stuff like that who have an opportunity to go and ask some questions and things like that because I think that's a fantastic way of interacting with the fans first and foremost but giving the fans a chance to sort of explain what, what their maybe fears or concerns are or just to ask questions get a little clarity on some things so I thought it was fantastic and like you said Stephen that we, we are relatively new in that space uh, and uh, I mean I don't think it's any surprise we weren't invited but I'm hoping that we can grow enough where we get something like that and because I think it would be special we'd be part of that as uh, one of the upcoming Celtic fan medias I mean our friends at Axum Natasha was there um, yeah, and she was asking some questions. The, the other big ones as well, um, like Hill Hill sixty seven and that they were there. Um, so th- there's certainly no reason why we, as a, as another up and coming Celtic podcast, can't be part of it. I'd like to be, uh, and I think it'd be great um, to to hold these relatively regular. And I'm hoping, as Dom says, that's part of the modernisation and it's interacting with the fans in that way. And he's got a background in that the sort of. The, the, the social interaction and media and things like that so I'm hoping that this is a platform he's going to allow um, so that it's not just your mainstream media that get access to these conferences, they're giving the fans a chance to come and speak uh, and, and, and ask questions and things like that themselves um, because A, it takes all the power away from the big media yep. um, and it's giving the fans a voice and I think that's what's most important so I thought it was fantastic and um, as far as the conference went itself, I thought it was great. I thought a lot of the questions asked were really good. Uh, obviously, some subjects you weren't there. The, sorry, Stephen? No, sorry. I was, I was just a mute my bigger. I had a cough. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry, mate. Uh, no, but I thought, like, some of the questions, obviously, you can't answer straight away because it's still early days. Um, but the, the, I, I thought that, by and large, a lot of the questions that were asked were fine. Uh, it did shed a little light on some other things that they were asking questions, obviously, that the... The fans want to know, not just the media that are writing the papers and everything else, but the fans wanted answered. And some of them were answered. And it was good to see just Dom and, and Ange just talking with the fans. Uh, I think at the, end, at, the, at the end of that conference, Ange even said, best press conference he's ever done. Um, and I want to touch on this. And I mean, this has polarised some of the support. And I was unsure whether or not I would even bring it up. But I want to just briefly mention... Um, you still hear me, I? Yeah. So right, cool. Because I wasn't sure if I'd cut out there. <laughs> but I just <laughs> want to briefly mention this: the the boy um, that that sort of polarised or split the support, so to speak. He never asked a question. He more or less made a statement. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to read briefly, just read out what it was said, uh, because there might be people that didn't. Because I think a few other fan groups didn't include that. Um, we can only go off what was the, some of the other media are saying, but. We'll say it, uh, I'll just sort of break it just to see what you think. Um, but basically the guy says, Hi Ange, welcome to Celtic. You'll find it at your best football club in the world pretty soon. I don't think any of us can really argue with that. Um, but then he went on to say, just please be straight with us and honest with us at all times. Uh, we can take defeat, but we don't like being cheated. Um, and we don't like being let down the way we have certainly in the last 12 months. Um, then he went on to mention, the, the which is, uh, there was no need for this, but he went on to mention there's referees in the country who support one team, the compliance officer supports one team, penalties for one team, one team get retro, uh, three retrospective red cards last season. All stuff I thought was completely irrelevant. I mean, you've got a chance to ask the new manager a question and, and this is the kind of stuff you're saying, so I don't necessarily agree with all that. Uh, it, it was, But he was saying, look at these things, don't do what Mowbray done and take these things in the chin. He did that and it was an open goal uh, which was exploited and it didn't last long. 
please, the Celtic supporter with you. What you said upstairs about mixed, it was never mixed about you, Ange, and right away the Celtic support found out everything they could about you. And I've not met anybody who wasn't 100% behind you and Dom. Uh, and But it was Ange's reply to this, and I think this is the most important thing we need to take. He, he stated that he appreciated it. And what I will say is I'll always have, I'll always protect the interests of this football club, always against anybody. I can assure you that I won't let anybody take advantage of this football club. My interests lie here, so I'll protect it with everything I can. And I thought that that kind of response just shows you the type of guy that Ange is. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Definitely. we can all agree, regardless of what the, the first guy says and whether or not you, you agree with the statement that he made, uh, Ange's response was exactly what Celtic fans wanted to hear uh, and to know that he, he cares that much about the club. And I yeah. thought that his response to that, just I won't let anybody take advantage, was was yeah. quite a powerful thing to say. It, uh, and it, again, it just... I'm sorry, go ahead. In regards to that, John, I, I mean, that caused a big talking point. And as you said, it divided amongst like, the podcast and Celtic people in general. I <clears throat> were At the start of it, it started off well, but then, as you said, went into a tangent about certain aspects of the Scully's game that should have been just left for Anz to figure out himself. But, uh, but as you yeah. said, there, the response, I mean, it's perfect, isn't it? Because he's coming out already saying he's going to protect Celtic, he's going to look out for their interests for going forward, and he's not going to let anyone take us as fools. And we've wanted that for years. We've seen so many times that Celtic have been taken advantage of, whether it be certain rules and regulations around the game, it's not going to get in-depth. But I do understand why so many people found that inappropriate at, at that time. But I get what you're saying. The response from Ans, we should take heart from that, that he's yeah, going to look for something. Because, like I said, these guys were invited and had an opportunity to obviously ask Dom and, and Ange uh, some questions, uh, present questions to them uh, for the podcast and, and, and on behalf of the fans. He chose not to uh, and rather make a statement. Um, I would much rather, if I was in that position, ask a question. Um, but like I said, it wasn't so much what was said. Uh, like I said, some stuff could have been left out, but Andy's response is what I, I felt was most important about that because it, it was reassur- yeah. the reassurance. Like William said earlier, the other when you hear him speaking and he talks about Celtic and that, you, you, kinda, you feel like he's kind of cuddled you and saying, I've got to take care of the club, don't worry. Uh, and he, he, like, he genuinely sounds like he's looking out for the club and the fans. But that just sort of like hammered that home for me, um, and I thought his response to that was great. Um, yeah. But I, everybody's questions I thought were fine. Understandably, no everything could be answered right away because it's still early days. Uh, but it, it would have been fantastic to be part of that, and I'm glad that it happened. And as I said, I hope it's something that continues uh, throughout the season going forward and quite regularly. Yeah. I mean, I think William switched off his, his mic now. He's not going to say it. No, he's joking. <laughs> no, but- <laughs> The, the, the way the way I see this as well, John, I think you summed it up perfectly in regards to what you were saying. Coming to yourself, William, now, what we've seen since the whole thing in terms of the aftermath, there's been a certain, like, mainstream media, people writing columns about it, saying it was embarrassing, it was toe-curling toe embarrassing, it was represented by as one columnist in a certain newspaper. Do you think the mainstream media feel threatened that the fans are getting in now and asking their questions? The one thing I found interesting was, I don't know if you guys know this as well, the questions weren't vetted, so the, the Celtic fans have, have, have the opportunity to say anything they wanted, which I thought was fantastic. The freedom to ask whether it's director of football, transfers, they could ask it, no matter what way it was laid out. But do you think the mainstream media feel a wee bit threatened now, William, that the Celtic fans, or even fans in general, are getting more say in regards to conferences and stuff? Yeah, that's a good question. 
I never actually thought about that, but yeah, I think you might be right. I think the we uh, we're not we've not been the Celtic board's biggest fans on our, our podcast. Let's face it, but they do deserve praise for uh, that fan presser. To be fair, um, I think any sort of communication and any involvement with the fans is uh, fantastic. Absolutely, I think it's uh, the best thing you can do. I must admit, I watched, I seen that. Um, uh, the, the well, no, not so much a question, the statement that John was alluding to, and I, I did cringe myself to look the new man in the eye and say these things like "Don't lie to us," and uh, especially seeing as uh, everything that he's been saying beforehand is there's there's as all completely alluding to the fact that he's he's got the club's best interests at heart. And, and I don't know why he said it yourself, these are just words, but yeah, I, I must admit, I did cringe myself a bit when he's 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 looking the guy in the eye and asking these things. But as a whole, fan pressers, I think, are just the the dog's bollocks, for lack <laughs> of a better phrase. I think it's the, 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 the only and best thing you can do to communicate with your fan base, which... Is the most important. These football clubs are not. It's, it's it's all about the fans. You need to hear them, and they need to have a voice. And uh, I can only applaud Celtic. And I, I, like John, I think Don McKay's had a massive say in this. I think this this might be his idea, and this as another step in this whole modernising of the club. So uh, yeah, bravo. Yeah, I mean, one thing we did see, like. I know in regards to the actual questions themselves, there were certain times where Dom, it was kind of put to him about the modernization, what he meant by that, things. And he kept us saying, look, we want to progress and make everything world class. And whether it be the business side of things, whether it be development players, the academy, the scouting department. And yes, people wanted to know about director football, that type of thing. And it was danced around. We can't, we can't hide from that. There was questions that were kind of ducked under. But again, he did give an explanation for most of them. And one thing was, was clear, John. And Postacoglu is Dominic McKay's man. Now, one thing yep. that I didn't know was Dom himself, he lived in Japan, he worked there, and he knew all of Postacoglu. And what I'm surmising here is because he Dom did allude to the fact that he, he was given a chance to make input into the managerial decision. And when the Eddie Howe deal was falling apart, do you, do you think Celtic went to him, look, have you got any ideas here? Have you got anyone in mind? And the first person he thought of was Postacoglu since he worked in Japan and knew of him. Yeah, no, I, absolutely, and I, I took that as well, uh, for what he says, and it definitely seems like this is Dom's man, um, and, and as you mentioned, uh, the way he said it, uh, he he knew all about Ange through his time in Australia and Japan, um, and like you said, uh, with him coming in, uh, we weren't really sure as fans as well what his input was, but he sort of clarified that and says he's heard us say, and it sounded like obviously they presented this opportunity, um, he suggested this guy, He's got to work on it. He spoke to Ange. He's went out there and all that. Like they've, they've talked and everything else, and and he's managed to get it over the line. And he's done it relatively quickly as well, uh, which is what I think we're all grateful for. Granted, I think we Celtic fans wished it maybe would have happened sooner, um, but it is what it is, and we are where we are. So, but I, I mean, I think it's I think it's great that that Dom's came out and said that and that he's been up front and he says he's had a say and he's he, like you said he's alluded to it, it, it is his man he's the one that go to early line he's the one that done the talking uh, and he's the one that's obviously the big admirer and i think that's evident in everything he says 
Because at not one point during that conference did he say anything. Everything he said was free praise for the manager. So I think that, that, that that's great. And just to I briefly touch on what you mentioned there as well, that question that you uh, just asked William about the, the mainstream media feeling threatened. I, I sort of touched on it when I was saying myself. It's like, I think that, that that's absolutely the case. Because like you mentioned, that they've they've said some negative things about the fan presser, but they're going to say that because, like you mentioned, it's like now you've got other media. They're know the big boys now. Uh, fans are far more likely to tune into Celtic fan media rather than your sort of average rag. And I think that they do feel threatened by it because their 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 sort of numbers are are going to come down in a sense. And you've got the you're giving the fans a platform now to ask their own questions, make up their own minds, and they can't kind of twist things and do everything. It's no private anymore. And I think that's fantastic. And I, it, it, like it says, I hope that it's something that goes it continues going forward. Yeah, I think uh, I've seen some of them articles, John, and they were quite frankly embarrassing by the people who wrote them, just blatantly putting down what was a fantastic press conference just because they feel threatened in their own kind of their position of power as being the mainstream journalist. And just briefly, coming to yourself, William, before we move on, does it put you at ease knowing that that Dominic Mackay's man was Posta Coglu, that it was always that way all along when we were thinking it was Peter Law making the, the decisions? Yes, I, um, I, I'm a big believer in uh, things happen for a reason. And I think if Howe was a man, we, I think we obviously know it wasn't Mackay's choice. Um, it's funny looking back now because like, we were all screaming for Eddie Howe, um, not only because we thought we were going to talk coach, but I had twenty quid and I'm at sixteen to one, so <laughs> <laughs> that upset me a bit. But and yeah, like I say, I believe in I, I believe in things happen for a reason, and I don't think I would be sitting here now if that was Eddie Howe in that press conference, feeling the same way I do with Postecoglou. He's he's, enthousi- he's just his enthusiasm, his sense of pride at getting the job. Uh, I'm just as much as we went through months of hell and weeks and weeks of this podcast, mumping and moaning and complaining and shouting. Um, hopefully the board have got it right. And, <clears throat> and at this moment in time, I'm I'm very happy with what we've got. And I'm, I'm really, really pleased that it is Dom's man because he's the man taking us into the future. Uh, and like I said previously, the, the relationship looks fantastic. Uh, and it just it's just all positive signs at the moment. So... Yeah, I'm glad it's I'm glad it's turned out this way. Yeah, I think you're right because we were all worried. I mean, we made loads of podcasts about it as Peter Ross to make them, them decisions. And I think up until the Howdy collapse that he was, and then as Dom yeah. alluded to, he got the chance to take part in the recruitment process. And I think that's where he kind of brought Posta Cogley's name into it. Now this brings me on to the next question. I'll come to yourself William first here. Like it can be brief, it can be as, as long as you want. Just a straight question. Is Dominic Mackay a doer or a talker? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, give me, your, give th- me your honest opinion. I think he is a doer. I think that you, there's certain things you need to keep in-house. So the whole he's a politician thing, I think if you're in that position, you, you need to have that sort of side to you where you can... He's, he, he answers questions without answering them. <laughs> uh, it's funny when you're actually watching it because he, he is a proper politician, but I think you do. I think there are things that need to be kept in-house. Everything that he's talking about is positive. I think sometimes in every walk of life, 
if you're in something for so long, you get stagnant. And I think that's what's happened at Celtic under Lowell and Co. I think a fresh set of eyes uh, coming in uh, can only be good for their future. I think he's been successful in his previous tenure in, in Scottish rugby. Yeah. Uh, and he's, I think he's, we've already seen, and he's not even taken, he's not even fully in, in term yet, is it? It's not meant to be the 1st of July he actually takes his place. 1st of July, officially, and yeah. I, I think he's already implemented change, so he's a doer for me. And John, same question to yourself? Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say he's a doer. Uh, obviously, uh, if, if he's going to be coming out and speaking to fans regularly, which seems to be the case uh, going forward, uh, he's going to need to be both. He needs to be able to talk. And, and like William says, uh, to be able to come out and, and sort of answer questions without answering questions uh, is a skill in itself. <laughs> and uh, that I think that it's something that's going to help him. Obviously, like William says, some stuff he's going to know it needs to be in-house and he can't sort of come out and just lay everything out on the table. There's, there's going to be some stuff going on behind the scenes that he can't even discuss at that particular point in time when he's asked. But again, as William said, um, if you look at that fan press conference, that seems like something that Dom's put in place. Uh, so he's done that. He got Angie in the door. Uh, by, the second, all, by all accounts, it's, it's his man. He's got that over the line. He's done that. Uh, he's talking about fans getting back into the stadium. He's actively speaking to the Scottish government, and, and he, I think he was at the. He mentioned in the conference as well that he was going to the, the the Lions game to the stadium um, to see how they're operating and all the rest of it. Um, so he's 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 he's, made, he's certainly doing stuff behind the scenes in order to get things sort of back to normality in terms of fans getting back. He's doing things to get fans involved, such as that press conference. He's got a manager over the line. Uh, and he's actively speaking to people, so he certainly seems like a doer. So I'm hoping uh, that that remains the case, as I say, throughout the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you guys. I think that the reason why I'm saying it so early on is because he alluded to the fact that Postacoglu was his man, and by all accounts, it took a couple of weeks for get him for him to get that over the line. In terms of what happened with the whole six four months or whatever it was waiting on the new manager, he he brought that name in and they chased that name and they got him. I think you're right that he has implemented change so far within Celtic, and I love, I can't wait to see what direction we, we go in as a club, well, what structure it may be, technical director, director of football, who knows. But by all accounts, we all have good impressions of both Postacoglu and Mackay so far, and let's hope that keeps rolling throughout the season. And just to move on to the ever-changing landscape of the transfers, whether it be rumours, whether it be Neil Dawn, players wanting the way, players incoming, the latest names linked with Celtic, and one seems far down the line, which is Fiskovic from Hazik Split for €5 million, Euros, William. That seems to be happening. By all accounts, I've heard no other people saying that it's not happening. I mean, we go off rumours before and it kind of bit us in the arse, but we'll go with it for now. And this morning, right back, George Baldock from Sheffield United. Again, was linked with another player we were linked with maybe two years ago now. So how are you feeling with the sort of calibre of players so far linked with Celtic? Uh, I, think, I think with the, the Croatian lad... That's the type of uh, remit that we've got at the club now to bring in um, good young prospects. If it's five million, then he, he must be a decent. I, I can't say that I, I know too much about him, but if he's playing under 21 international level, then he can't be half bad. Uh, that's a position we need to strengthen, obviously. Um, uh, with Baldock, I have seen a bit more of him. I watched, I've obviously watched him in the, the English Premier League with, with Sheffield United, and the season that they were flying, uh, he was a big part of that. Uh, 
as as much as he, he was, he's a very solid player. He, he looked he's great going forward and, and and can get a good cross. He's got a good cross in him. So, yeah, I think these are the type of players. As as much as we we talk about how we're wanting to, um, we need to bring in, uh, good quality players. We, it's, the squad's looking very thin as well. So we actually need yeah. to to bulk it up also. So as much as we're looking to bring in players to slip into the first eleven, we're actually looking to to bulk in the squad as well. So. Uh, I wouldn't be saying that every transfer target we're going after at the moment is going to be your number one player. I think Ange said it himself that there's a couple of positions that badly need strengthened. And before, said it before, before I, I, I thought it was very truthful of him saying that. I have to admit. Yeah, yeah, and and these are two positions that we definitely need. So uh, if the rumours are true, then yeah, great. I mean, and, and if you spend five million on a twenty-one year, twenty-year-old prospect. Um, it seems to me that the the board are putting their hand in their pockets for a change, which again is John's always alluding to it, the fact that he's Desmond's a billionaire, and I think people forget how much a billion is. <laughs> it's it's like astronomically, I'm massively more than I'm, everybody just thinks a million than a billion. No, I was I was speaking to a friend about it. Um, Neil Goldie, he'll be listening, so I need to give him a shout out. I was speaking to him about it, and he says to me, the best way to describe it is to use it in terms of time. And we were actually driving at the time, and he used his, his Google thing in his car, whatever it was. And he says, he asked to Google, how long is uh, how long in seconds is a million? And it came back through as like 12 days, or something, something along the lines, 12 days. And he's like, right. How many, and how many seconds, blah, 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 is a billion. And it came back saying over 31 years. So that shows you, it was 21 days, I think it was, for a million. 31 years for a billion. Now that shows you the difference between a million and a billion. It is crazy astronomical figures. So as much as we're saying he's digging his hands in his pockets, I mean, give us a bit more, please, damn it. We need a, <laughs> we need a squad strengthened. Yeah, I think you're 100% right what you're saying. People do forget that Dermot Desmond is a billionaire. I think that last kind of valuation of him was $2 billion, which is even more than a billion. So he has lots of money. And the thing that annoys me the most, he doesn't really dip his hand in his pocket. Celtic are sufficient in terms of what they bring in. They will tend to put back in the playing side of things, which is not very much. And coming to yourself, John, the likes of Fiskovic, the likes of Baldock, and the guy that you're very keen on is Rossier, the right back. Now, you made a great point underneath the Twitter post saying that you would prefer him coming in because he can play both sides. Again, what's worrying me here, and I'll be quite upfront with you guys, it seems like to me, Celtic are still working off lists of years gone by. Baldo's coming back up into the, the kind of frame of things again from two years ago. Fiskovic, not a name I've heard of, but do you know what I mean? Rossier as well. Are, are you concerned that again they're kind of falling back into that trap where they're just working off old lists? Well, I mean, Baldock is the only name I think that's sort of came up that I recognise as sort of recurring. Um, Rossi, I've no seen before really coming up. That's that, that. That's what I mean in terms of like because obviously you'll be spending like seven million euros on him. They're looking at Baldock as an alternative, maybe two million pounds. They'll be weighing that up. That's where I'm coming from from there. Well, like I said, uh, Rossi can play both sides, so you're you're essentially bringing in cover for either side or you've got a player who can slot into either side left or right I think that's a, that would be a fantastic signing um, and it means that we've got cover on both sides 
regardless of what happens and whoever you you decide Ange decides is going to be his first choice, um, and and bringing these other guys in sort of just adds to the depth as you were saying, um, and it, it doesn't just look like we're just signing immediate replacements. We're actually building to 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 sort of pad the team out a bit as well. Um, nobody's saying that this boy is going to start the the boy Vuskovic or whatever his name is because I haven't really heard of him. Uh, I've heard good things. But I don't know anything about him. But the fact he's valued at what he is, he's playing international football at his age level uh, and he's been sought after the clubs he has been sought after. Uh, leaves a lot to, to, I mean, says quite a lot. It's the same with that Ecuadorian boy. Uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. But I'm sure yeah, he's been... Yeah, Stephen, I'm sure. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, Stephen, <laughs> pronounce that. Don't you dare! Don't you dare! But I mean, he, this this guy, he he's he he's been highly rated at the minute. He had a fantastic Copa America. He's been watched by he's reportedly been watched by Bayern, Inter, AC, Barca, all these big teams. Um, so I mean, it seems a bit far fetched for us to be able to compete with these guys uh, in terms of pulling the signature in because ultimately, the the leagues that they're in and the size of the clubs that they are and the money they can offer dwarfs us. But the the pulling power that we've got is these guys are not likely to go to their, top, their teams as first choice regulars um, and are likely going to be in their B teams or, or, or just sort of training uh, or getting loaned out anyway so I think we can offer that and that I think we, we should be aiming for these guys as well because there's no reason why no but I, I'm confident just going back to your original question in case I went off a tangent I'm confident that <laughs> The, the, I'm happy with the guys we're going for uh, and I'm liking the fact that it does seem like we're batting the manager and he's obviously mentioned as you said, there's positions we need to strengthen, these names that are coming up that seem a wee bit more concrete are in these positions that we, we know needs to be strengthened so it gives me faith that A, Ange has been backed uh, and that B we're actually doing work uh, to get these out of the line as quickly as possible so I'm happy with things as they are at the minute, but I mean, we're going to get linked with names all the time, and you know how I feel about paper talk and rumours and everything else, but it, it, it's difficult not to get excited when, when, when you, you, see, you see something. So I'm I hoping. Think I think the next crossed. few weeks are going to be massive, including the wantaways. I mean, the likes of, correct me if I'm wrong, but the likes of Edward and Ayer, if they, they play in this qualifier, that means they're ineligible for their. A future club in that Champions League this year is that right? I think I don't know if it counts for the qualifiers. When I have to check that up, but I'm actually glad you did bring up the month away players. I was coming to you on that point next, and it is quite interesting that Postecoglou said he's going to chat with all these players. And what kind of struck me was that he's saying if players don't want to be here, you'll see them fall by the wayside quite quickly. And it points to me that he's not going to take no shit from likes of Griffiths, Edward, Ayer, Christie, whoever it may be. It seems like Anz is perfectly comfortable saying, if you don't want to be here, William, you can leave. And I think that's yeah. quite refreshing. Yeah, I've talked about it in previous podcasts about Sir Alex Ferguson was the best at looking at a team and and seeing the cracks and seeing when it doesn't matter if they're the biggest superstar there and uh, and changing it up. I, I, I mean, I said that's, I think Celtic were guilty of that last season, whereas we're a victim of our own success. It's what's not broken. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Whereas... I think it needs to be, no, no, we need to look at this here. There's one away players that is stagnant. Um, we need to freshen it up. We need to bring uh, new guys in. And I think the way I'm just talking is, again, the club's best interests only. If these guys don't want to be here. And us, I don't know, I, I would assume that most agree with me as a Celtic fan. 
I've always it didn't matter if you're if you're the best player in the world. If you don't want to be here, then go. If you don't want to play for this club, then go. That's I'd much rather have somebody that plays for that shirt and gives a hundred percent each game and isn't as talented than somebody that's got his head in the sand or his head elsewhere. And if that means Edward wants to go, then go. If that means yeah. I wants to go. There's going to be there's going to be bigger and better players of them come to this club and leave. Also, there's been better players than them in the past that have came and leave. Also. Celtic's the one constant and will always keep going. So um, I'm really pleased. I'm going to make a prediction here. Go for it. Lee Griffiths is going to be firing on all cylinders. He's going to get a new deal. He's going to get top goal scorer next year. Big Andrew's in the building. Oh, 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 oh. Anyway, I, 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 I'm going to back that as well. Because yeah, I, 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 I think that I think Andrew's the type of guy who's going to give Lee a chance. And Griffiths is going to be well, I mean, we've already seen he's in training, he's working as hard as he can, but it seems that he was in early. He seems to be getting himself up to scratch. And, I mean, Scotland could use him as well. <laughs> so, I mean, just, just looking back at you guys, I, you know my view on this, I don't think he deserves a new contract. And yes, he's he can be an amazing goal scorer, best finisher in the SPL on his day. But, again, for three or four years, it's stop-start. Is he fit? Is he not fit? And we can't be having that. We need players who are available. Yeah, it's a funny thing because I totally agree, and I have said in previous podcasts if it was up to me, and it was this uh, at the end of last year when we didn't have Anjan and whatnot, then yeah, he's had far too many um, chances. I think it's time to go, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to give him another deal, and I just I feel like he needs a manager that can do both. He can put an arm on the shoulder and put a foot up his arse when he needs to. And yep. I just feel like, I feel like if he's, Lee Griffiths on that first, that Czech Republic game, Scotland at the Euros, he was sitting in the stands watching. If that's not enough to put a rocket right up your behind, then I don't know what is. And this opportunity now, there's not, there's not going to be three or four guys ahead of him. We've got, what, a Yeti and him? Well, at the moment. Bio, Fed, yeah, Bio maybe. Um, I just feel like this is his opportunity to get back to his best, and I really hope he does, because like we've always said, he's, he's the best finisher in Scotland. He's a better finisher than Edward by a country mile. And come with yourself, John, just quickly, in, in regards <coughs> to what me and William were talking about, the want-away players and stuff, does it come across to you that Pasta Cogley won't take no shit from them? Yeah, absolutely, and I firmly agree. If, if these guys didn't want to beat the club, and they're not going to pull their weight to play the way that Ange wants to play, um, then let them go. I'd, like... What I'm saying is I would much rather have players putting hundred percent into every performance, putting and just leaving it all out in the park and, and just playing for the jersey, even if they're no as talented as some of the other boys. But that, that fight and that desire is, I, t- I think that says a lot about a player and I would much rather that at our club than, than sort of prima donnas or people that think they're better and they deserve to be elsewhere. I mean if if if, if you can't help it when some of these guys when they're when they're performing really well, and then you, you get the big clubs coming in, and they're, they're maybe inquiring and stuff like that, you can understand maybe why heads would start to turn. But I don't want that. Just stay focused on the contract that you've got, the team that you're with, and just play to the best of your ability for the duration. Uh, if something happens, and then we get a good bid in, and we accept it, and then you leave, then so be it. But don't yeah. put the heat down. Don't drop the heat, and then start no giving up. Yeah, CB, no, uh, CB fair to Big Edward. I've never once 
seen anything that makes me think he wants to leave, and he's never said anything about him wanting to Are leave. Are you on the love? No. Are you serious? Right? His body he's language always, is shocking. He's always had that body language. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think, I, I I think, think he's... He, I think that... I understand what you're saying, William, and I think, but I think he has shown... Well, he's, he's, he's certainly come across a little bit more laxadaisical. Yes. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. But he's not... That's... I, I totally agree. He's he's obviously not hit the heights that he's meant to. But the body language thing, he's always he's always had that whole laxadaisical as if he's not interested thing. And yes, he's scored goals, he's nowhere near hit the heights. I, I'm massively disappointed in him this year. Yes, I think everyone has been. But I don't I don't I have not seen anything that makes me think he's like itching to move like an IR or I'm I'm not so sure. I know there's a big outburst for Lennon last year saying there's people not want to be here. I wouldn't be so sure that he was one of them. And then he also said that Edward wasn't interested in the whole season, but he still he kept picking him. So you don't know you don't know what to believe. And I think, if but this is the that, thing, right? And I, I'm going to go back to use another excellent player who was very very similar, and Samaras. Samaras for me was a player that on his day was damn near untouchable. What a player he was, but he was very inconsistent, and he never he never put a hundred percent in it all the time. And that bothered me because you knew you had a, a, a class player in your team and he wasn't putting it in. And Edward strikes me as the same. He, he, we know what he's capable of. We've seen him at international level. He's breaking all sorts of records for goal scoring and, and he's receiving plaudits in, in, in France for, for how he plays. But then he comes back to Celtic. But last season especially, just sometimes he, he kind of done stuff and you're like, there he is. That's what we know he's capable of. And then other times you're like, Why? Yeah, I get like, that. I, I really, I really get that because yeah. there is yeah. rumours saying that the the, the deal of Leicester's collapsed and he's happy to set his contract. But again, can Celtic afford to lose the money on him? I don't think so. We need to kind of cash in on him, regardless. I think this season. Well, and, this is why I think, and, and this comes back to your earlier question about Ange, right? And aye. about him want away players. He's going to speak to these guys. He's going to talk to them. I'm assuming he's going to tell them about what he wants for them, the way that Celtic, the direction he's taking Celtic in. And letting them all know outright. See if you don't want to be here, then move. And yeah. if you don't try, I have no problem dropping you. And you're going to end up nowhere. And some of these guys need to learn this. That yeah. I think. See I if think you're no performing and you're no playing. You're you're got. I mean, look at in Cham. He's another one. It, it, it looks like that deal to a uh, thing we might fall through as well to Athens. Yeah, I mean. A senior man, Felix Boas, come out today again. The former Marseille manager basically said, "And Sam's the reason he left Marseille, which isn't, <laughs> which isn't quite good." But I mean, that, that's kind of unfair as well, because again, and Sam's another one that looks like he wants away. But we've seen what he's capable of when he when he yeah. when he's got his when he's got his head doing and he's focusing on his football. He's he, he's a great player, and just a couple of years ago, how much were touting for him? Like fifteen million and all sorts. Like Aye, and, and you're like, we know what he's capable of. So maybe he's another one that if, if this deal to Athens falls through, that Andrew's going to speak to and say, look, that you've got a chance here to revive your career. Like, do yeah. something with it. Get, your, get yourself back on the map. Let clubs see that you're a player and that you're willing to try as well. And I think these guys, all these guys have got a clean slate. I don't think he's going to take too much stock in what happened last year and the players underperforming. I think he's going to come in, speak to them, and tell them this is the direction we're heading in, and you either want to be here or you don't. You either try or you don't. But ultimately, this is your chance. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see who then goes forward in the sort of shape of the team and, and who we're picking because we'll know straight off the bat with these lineups. Um, who's I, I firmly believe that if a player's not playing, 
and it's no outright being made it like clear that it's an injury that they're just no pulling their weight because Angela doesn't strike me as the type that's going to that's going to just sit back and, and stick with the same I, I team if that. they're underperforming. And on the topic of transfers, just to finish up, William, coming to yourself, as Dominic Mackay said, well, actually, it was a question posed in the the fan press conference, basically saying who has the full control over the backroom staff, the transfers, what goes on in and around the club, and kind of Dominic Mackay kind of alluded that Postacoglu is the man in control, and he said that himself. Do we believe that? Because that's kind of a different tact, a different tactic that any selling manager previously has used. Usually it's like the terms collective, we'll do it together, we'll figure out the best process together. It looks from the outside, maybe I'm looking too far into it here, that Postacoglu is the man and going to be the man who makes these decisions. Do you get that sort of vibe? Yeah, I think you said that yourself. And I think from Postacoglu's comments throughout the press conference as well is about how it's they need to understand my way of things and... Uh, when he talks again, touching on the staff staff issue, where he says, "Well, we're going to see over the next few weeks. I need to see how they work, and they need to understand my my way of things." And it does seem like it is going to be. Uh, this is what we're implementing here. If you if you're not if you don't agree with that or you're not a part of that, then fine. There's a door. Uh, hopefully, it means it means that the board have um, realised their mistakes in the past. And they're going to give them the full back, and it does seem that way at the moment. I know it's all just like we're all getting excited here, but these are all just words. <laughs> I mean, we could be back yeah. in three months, moaning, wanting them out, and wanting Dom Mackay out, and, and all the rest of it because we're out of two cups. And funny enough, William as well, Anne's possibly called to himself said they're just words. That. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he wants to get to work. So let's let's see what you've got. Yeah, and what we're saying, John, here briefly: Do you think he has the full control, or is it a bit of uh, management kind of saving themselves? Not coming out and saying the whole truth. No, I, I don't. I, I think he's got full control. He says it himself. Dom, Dom yeah. alluded to it. He says it himself, and I don't think Ange would be here if he wasn't getting full autonomy. So, yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement. And again, that's the end of the actual main show itself. And I'm glad to say we're bringing back the quiz this week between John and William. So congratulations, William. <laughs> <laughs> so this would be interesting. And as we know. The, the first game coming up for Celtic, well, competitive game anyway, is Mitchelland in the Champions League qualifier. So I thought it would be just about right to have a Champions League quiz as Ross oh, kind of dumped me. Ross dumped me out of this. Ross dumped with that Euro that Euro quiz. 1992 <laughs> questions now we're from. I hold on, Ross. I'm not answering them. But if you guys are ready, you know the format. If you are ready, let me know. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready, mate. No worries at all. So, Champions League quiz. Which club has won the most Champions League titles? Real Madrid. Madrid. William, heard you first. What? One <laughs> I heard him first, John. Come on here. Right. Question number two. Who is the only player to win the Champions League with three different clubs? Clam Seedorf. Wow. Good shout, two mate. 2-0, William. 2-0, William. And you can win this. You can get a whitewash here. Question number three. Three people have won the Champions League a record three times as manager. Who are they? Jeez, oh. Three have won it three times. I'll take I'll take two. I'll take two of the three because one Z- of them is quite difficult. Zidane. That's one. Ancelotti. Yep. Zidane and Ancelotti. I'll give you that, William. The yes. third one was Bob Paisley. Obviously a very famous manager. So... That's a whitewash, John. I mean, what happened to us? Did you phone her? <laughs> no, you bumped me at the first question, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But guys, again, it's just great getting talking about Celtic again after our Scotty shows. Have you enjoyed this one? Yeah, it was good, man. Good to be Pleasure. back. Yeah, and just to make listeners aware, we will be doing a recap pretty soon of Scotland's journey for the European Championships. And as I also alluded to in the previous podcast, many people are going to be like, what is there to talk about? But again, everyone in this podcast has different stories and things to want to share. It'll be full of fun, full of laughs, and it's something to look forward to. And until next time when we speak again, stay well and keep safe. Heel, heel. <laughs>